I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 mama. Interesting, cool, South African, relevant yeah. content yeah. Um, on where we were at. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. It's the mama's the Jesus. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. You're Perfect. in another zone, but you're totally out of the twilight. Mama. 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 What have you got there? A dinosaur. And how do dinosaurs go? Hi, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're back with MWA. And this is our second episode. So we're super excited because we've got some nice stuff lined up. um, And we have a guest who has joined us today. But more about that later. Um, So Dee, maybe you and I can just have a quick pulse check. How the last couple of weeks have been. How's your week been? How's Akani? My week has been fucking hard. In fact, my whole life is hard right now, guys. I hate my fucking life right now. Um, So... What do you want to hear? Because there's Positivity. so much. Positivity. I don't want to hear. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing. But no, okay. So on a, on a really, very real note. So big things. Um, Akani got hand, foot, and mouth again. Wow. You guys are on what? The third time? Second, bitch. Exciting <laughs> times. I just... So firstly, I hate Krish. I hate Krish because you've got to pay so much money every month. And it's kind of like an insurance grudge purchase. But also, I hate Krish because... It's like a cesspool of disease. Yeah, it and is. the kids go there and they pick up this disease, yes. and then they and bring then they it come home. home. Yeah, yeah, and then he's your problem when he's sick. You know, you can't send him back to creation and be mm. like, "Well, you created the situation, you fix it." Mm. So, yeah. So we had hand, foot, and mouth, and subsequent to that, you and I were just chatting before. Um, we have now we had this gastro, which was just like essentially a high temperature. Mm. No other signs around like a tummy aside from the fact that he kept rubbing his tummy and saying my tummy is sore, but no like diarrhea or anything, right? So yeah. that was probably Wednesday and Thursday. Picked him up early on Wednesday, Thursday, and then yesterday again he stayed at home. Today he, which is a Saturday. He wakes up in the morning and he's like, Mama, I'm sick. I don't feel very well. well." And feeling like totally in his feelings. Mm. I feel him. No temperature, nothing. Mm. But it might be his stomach is giving him an issue, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. Do you want some medicine? So he's like, yes, I want medicine. We wake up. We go get the medicine. I give him the medicine. He takes it. No problem. It's medicine he doesn't like. About 10 minutes later, does this little shit not say to me, I'm not well, Mama. And I say, yes. He says, so I'm not going to school, right? Oh, wow. So this is a new thing for me because I also mm. just feel like he's not even three and already mm. he's feigning, potentially feigning illness to stay at home. I'm curious about what that is. Not more fun at home. It's not. I, I, Akani's always been a child that like, even though he's deeply independent and mm. quite autonomous and stuff, he's very mama first. Mm. And he likes to be at home mm. because he... He thinks I'll he be can here or you. closest to mom, right? Mm. So it's like we'll get mm. to school, there'll be, and if I drop him off, then it's full on meltdown. If sure. his dad drops him off, it's like, bye, dad. Off he goes and runs into mm. the sandpit, right? Mm. Um, and then when we pick him up, he doesn't want to leave. So clearly he's happy at school, but mm. I wasn't expecting until like six or seven kids sure. to be like telling me that mm. they're sick so that they can get out of going to school. Mm. So that's been, those are the two big, well, relatively big things in amongst the milieu of shitness. We decided to go away. Well, we didn't actually. We kind of um, this um, little mini break thing kind of fell in our laps and off we went for, I think, three nights and four days to um, uh, Mahali's slash, what is that dam? What do you people call it? Uh, I have to dam. That's it. Thank you. Sure. The pool of water. I don't know what that is. I was like, no one knows what that is, babes. No one knows so what that is. Awkward. I was like, I'd rather save my pennies and go to Cape Town once a year and do something yeah. really pretty. Yeah. But you loved it. It was lovely. It was what what was actually kind of cool, <gasps> guys. Resorts and children. The it's, future. It's the future. I know. That's how everybody feels about it. All critical adults but um can i say it's a self-contained space where you can do you and eventually they'll do them so they their pools there's just this stuff there's kids entertainment activities blah 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 
So it really was a moment for me where, uh, you know, as, as happens so often, you kind of go, hmm, brand new perspective on, on something that you were also that you were quite snobby about beforehand. Quite snootish, like completely yeah. full of shit. Yeah. I was just like, oh, who wants to go? Oh, who goes to this kind of place anyway? Oh. But um, I, I actually really liked it. It was very pretty. There were monkeys every day. Huge Tao kind of troops. Tao loved it. I kind of retreated into the little chalet thing every day. I was like, oh, and nobody. But um, the, it was so cute. There were these little monkeys hanging on them. And I kept wanting to say, this is what motherhood is. They hang from your tits. They hang from, like, you know, yeah, like, they literally. There's a lot of similarities. Absolutely. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like so Endless grooming. Endless touching. <laughs> No sense of boundaries between your body no and theirs. No boundaries, Huck. no boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. But so, Tando. Yeah. Cool. We are very happy to have you here. Yeah. We have Tando Malaketi Williams with us. And again, thank you so much for joining us. And um, Tando is an entrepreneur and a founder of Reware. But I think what I know you most for is really your intense and incredible love of food. Mm. And most recently, you wrote that article around your palate and how your palate had kind of changed i think a little bit during your pregnancy but also how mm. you were ex- how what i thought was cool is tanda was speaking about how um and maybe we can speak a bit more about that in a bit but um how you were trying to expose batandra your child mm. to a range of different tastes even in utero which is amazing mm. something that i hadn't thought of because mm. i was only eating toasted cheese sandwiches and pizza with that <laughs> um but you're also a, the creator of a foodie or travel blog called josie foodie fix mm. and you also have started this incredible Instagram account for your son or is it for your son we can talk more about that as well and for mothering and for mothering and, and, just, and whatever just sharing kind of your experiences um, on this this journey and mm-hmm. that the hashtag for, well not the hashtag oh wow you see you can, you can see I don't have Instagram the handle <laughs> the handle for that mm-hmm. is and, but, and Batandra yeah. um, so do check that out if, if you have opportunity or just want some interesting life hacks okay okay so Tanda, we are very very happy to have you here thank you for making the time mm. thank you for having me yeah. um it's a bit daunting to say the least but yeah hopefully i can share something that adds value sure and yeah. motherhood is daunting so you know we're all in the same boat <laughs> yeah yeah um so, I mean, I'm just really curious to know how has mothering been? How are you finding it? I think the most diplomatic way to put it is to say interesting, but... You don't have to be diplomatic, yeah. <laughs> start out and say, it's interesting, yeah. but it's probably one of the most jarring things mm-hmm. I've ever experienced. And the fact that... You're in a space where there's so much joy and happiness, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's just so much loneliness and angst and anger mm-hmm. and pain. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in the beginning, mm-hmm. it's painful. Um, and I had a Caesar, so that was, you know, a different kind mm-hmm. of pain. Sure, physical. Um, yeah, yeah. Suppose, so, yeah, so there's a lot of that. And then just um, the way it changes your family dynamic, the mm. broader family, but also your partnership dynamic. Sure. It's like, and we went to therapy and we thrashed it out to no end, but when it's actually here and faced with it... It's still a brand new thing. Yeah, it's such a fucking trip. Amen. So, mm. so yeah. yeah, so that's, that's the short yeah. version. <laughs> So maybe you could yeah. talk a little bit about your journey to from conceiving because you have had quite a unique experience and I don't know you share as much of that as your your you have been quite transparent so thought you'd be comfortable to share and then also maybe speak a little bit about the birth itself. Yeah, so you say unique, it's actually not as mm. as unique as you think. Mm. So we had fertility challenges um, and ended up going through the IVF process. Mm. And what's funny is everyone said oh my gosh, you're not the demographic that we expect. And actually, when I looked around the fertility clinic room, we all looked like we were more or less in our early 30s to our mid 30s. So that was probably the first shock. And then when someone tells you that 
at 33, your ovar- ovarian age is 38, which means you, you may not have many eggs left. It was just like shocking. And mm-hmm. then I think women take on a lot of the reproductive process and then to go through something where it confirms that actually the challenge is on you. It was, um, it was quite emotional yeah. to have to deal with the fact that, you know, when I first started seeing a guy near 19, she told me, oh my gosh, you're so fertile. Your family's so fertile. To give you context, my grandmother had six children that survived. I don't know how many didn't. Yeah. Um, and my mom had um, three kids. Mm. So you come from that context where I took from my, you know, my mother's side and I thought, okay, mm. this will be a simple thing. And then it's like, it's not a simple thing. And then you're Mm. going through this process. You're taking hormones. You're getting your partner to inject you. And then when they're not there to do it on time, you're injecting yourself with hormones. It was just, it was a trip. But luckily for us, our first Mm. IVF cycle was successful. And we have Batandwa. And that's something that's actually unique. I don't know any other people who've only gone through one round and carried successfully to full term Mm. without any miscarriages. So that for me is, I take what my doctor said. He said we did the right intervention at exactly the right time, Mm. but I also changed my life in the process. So I, as soon as the embryo was implanted, I left my job, which not everyone can do because it was high stress. Mm. He kept saying to me, you need to minimize your stress levels. So I think that probably changed the game. Um, where if I was in a high-stress environment, mm. you don't know what would have happened. Mm. But I just had the privilege that I could do that and I could prioritize carrying a baby, birthing a baby, sure. and now prioritizing him in my life that mm. I'm basically a work-from-home mom, but mm. 80% is stay-at-home mom, 20% is work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have so many questions based on what you just said. So I guess my, the first is, um, so, so did you feel like you wanted the baby then? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, was, can I just, cause that was my first, that was my initial reaction is that, yeah. So it happened for, for me, it happened. We had made a choice, but it happened fairly haphazardly. It was quite quick. There was no, like, there was no six, seven months later. We were still thinking and, and waiting and, I was getting a period every, every month. No, that wasn't the case. So I think to go that route, in my mind, requires some serious commitment to the project of mothering and becoming a mom. And that is interesting for me because even though I committed, we committed over a drunken night popping our pills into a toilet. That was our commitment, which is quite a juvenile commitment, right? For what the endeavor is and what follows. But like your commitment... Was that... Wait, was that... Um, both. Both? Yeah. That's a cycle, girl. We get drunk, we decide we want to have a baby. And they fertile as fuck. <laughs> and then we pop the oh, pills in the toilet. Yeah, we even have a video for this one, actually. You're gonna wear, this is for you! Like a drunken video, it's actually really ridiculous. But so is I think, it on the cloud? Please upload it to iCloud. Uh, we should, actually, just so that we can keep it for the public. Yeah. But, no, so for you, this is like a serious commitment. And what, what did that entail? Surely that's like a different, it's completely different mind, mindset. So, I mean, the reality is the commitment isn't to mothering because you don't know mm-hmm. what, you what don't mothering yeah. is. Yeah. The commitment was to have a child and it wasn't mine. It was, this was a collective thing because I've only ever in my mind thought that I'd potentially have one biological child. But that was a function of finding the right kind of person. Mm. Mm. So if I didn't end up with anyone, maybe I wouldn't have any kids and I was okay with that. So, mm. so this was a collective decision to have a child. And mm. because you go through the process, mm. it's a financial decision as well. So it's mm. not a, something that I wanted more than he wanted. It's actually, I think, something we both yeah. wanted but the reality is, when it comes to mothering, you don't, you don't know yeah. what it takes. Everyone can tell you it's hard. You have no concept no. of how hard it is, actually. Even yeah. if you're someone who really wanted to be a mother mm, your yes. entire life, you have no concept of, of what mothering means, the mm-hmm. sacrifices, mm-hmm. the guilt, the challenges, mm. the, the What guilt. it means for you and your partner as well, which I think is a huge thing for me like at the moment where... Just thinking about how fundamentally you said it changes your family dynamic broadly, but changes your family dynamic with this person, this partner. Mm. 
um, in such a fundamental way. And as you say, it's both, it's jarring in the sense that it's both joyous, but it's also incredibly painful. So, yeah. And it's lonely because, um, which you also said, Tando, because, um, you know, because pregnancy is lonely and... um, And and mothering is lonely. Mothering is lonely, lonely. but I I can, I I can't imagine it, but I can imagine it must be... The fertility process is actually very, very Yeah, yeah, I can kind of... And you have to protect the male ego. Which you're not not asked to do that, Mm. but... Of course. So in which way? What is that doing it? It's just like... I I didn't ever think that, oh, maybe there's something wrong with his sperm. And then it turns out his sperm was like, great. So, <laughs> well, I didn't need to think about that. But it's like how you'd tiptoe around that topic of, oh, they have to do yeah. the semen analysis yeah. and everything mm. else. But then you and the doctor are very balls to the wall about all of the female um, led interventions, which are actual mm. interventions because mm. they have to check the shape of your uterus. So it's things being prodded and put up you, mm. things being injected. Super invasive. Um, yeah, so it's quite invasive, whereas them, they just have to get some sexy videos going and that's it. Sure, it's so interesting for me. Because mm. I think in a way that also sets you up for parenting and, and pregnancy in a way that maybe we didn't have that experience. Like yeah, the, protecting, the, protecting the male ego. I think that's a thing. I do think that that's a thing. And then, like yeah. the 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 stuff around how invasive it is for you versus how it is for mm. them. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, feel free to not answer this question. But were the two of you also intimate during this time? Like, did you feel like that was something that made you closer or or brought you closer together? Yes. If or not potentially. And feel free to be like, we're not answering this. No, there's some like gross stuff that happens with the fertility process where okay. if your partner's squeamish, then you don't have sex. So you have to like insert pearls up your punani, which means you've got like residue. And oh, some guys, okay. well, whatever's whatever. And we keep it moving and other people just aren't like that. Mm. So sure. there were times when you were intimate and times that you weren't. And you yeah. also feel super bloated. So actually it's just... Not quite the... Yeah, kind so... Of- Yes, yeah, so I mean, we were intimate for as long and we're, for the periods we're allowed Good. to because they also put you through periods where you're not allowed to have sex. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm someone who's not really a fan of the BJ, married or not. Um, so it meant that <laughs> sometimes it's just like... Hands, you know? Holding that took hands. me a while. That took me a while. Intimate sensual kissing, you know. And I'm sure by That's design, what it is. this is fun for me all up until a second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. 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 Cool. Right. okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Um, okay. So my question is, and this is because of this is really a projection, but so what were some of your biggest fears while you were pregnant? Like those unfounded fears in, in a way, like those deep-seated fears. And maybe, again, feel so, free not to talk. No, my it. biggest fear, and I didn't, I didn't buy anything for the baby up until he was viable for birthing. So my biggest fear and anxiety was that I wouldn't carry the pregnancy okay. successfully. Yeah. So I had one friend who bought me a baby grow mm. at um, like 12 weeks. Mm. When we just told people, so people knew early on because people knew that we were going through the IVF yeah. process. Sure, you were so candid about it. Yeah, but I didn't commit to stuff, and then you guys got us that book yeah. as well. So yeah. those are the only two things, and literally, I only bought stuff for Batanwa after we hit the thirty-week mark. And like my family would ask, "How are things mm. going?" Then I'd say, "Oh no, good considering, but you never know." And one of mm. my aunts asked me, "She's like, what do you mean?" So I said to her, we haven't done the final Down syndrome test. And that's really important because mm. personally, I wouldn't be able to handle a special needs sure, child. Sure. And that's something that I knew mm. about myself. So those Down syndrome tests were very, very important mm. because that would define whether the pregnancy would continue or not. Obviously, if something happened and you carry to term and you you got what you got, you'd have to deal with it. Mm. But if I had the choice. Sure. So, so yeah, so for me, that was probably my biggest, biggest fear right up until like mm. the day before. I probably, the day before we went in for our season, we went in pretty late. We went in 38 weeks and five days mm. because you, I also didn't want a baby that you're going into the NICU either. Mm. And then the lungs aren't formed. Sure. So, yes. so, mm. so yeah, so for me... 
that was probably the overarching fear mm. that overshadowed everything mm. else, including the fear of not being adequate as a parent. Of course, mm. yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. I think, you know, my sense is that both those things, whether you conceive naturally or through IVF or I that was a huge deal for me also I was very scared I was going to miscarry for different reasons but I think I I think I might have said this in the previous episode but I was just emotionally very very anxious and I felt like um because I was so aware of the fact that my well-being impacted on this child's well-being I just felt like something was going to go wrong you know and so um so I guess again, you know, not a um, not an, an exceptionally unique thing. You know, I, I I suppose it does come up very often where women think they're going to miscarry. Did you feel that way, Kath? Not with that gunny, but with this one, it's been difficult because I've had these two mm-hmm. hemorrhages, which have been yeah. super difficult. But you think? Do you want to talk about that a bit, or? Yeah, I think it will will reveal it as it goes. Mm-hmm. But like, um, the first hemorrhage was really rough because I felt something pop, and went to the bathroom and there was just blood everywhere. And I was pretty certain, I mean, I was 11 weeks. I was pretty mm-hmm. certain that I had miscarried. And it turns out not. And then there was another bleed at a later stage. Um, and I've been on progesterone tablets. And that's also interesting. I mean, you were injecting hormones into you. And mm-hmm. on progesterone and as I well. And I think, like, people don't realize, like, your, your hormones and, like, how just taking some something extra can fundamentally alter your way of being, how you are in the world, you know? Mm. So I think it's, it has been rough. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a rough journey. I'm a Spider-Man. So Kath, so the hemorrhages, obviously new second pregnancy. Um, and I think, well, for all of us so far, except for you, we're speaking about first pregnancies, first babies. So how have, how has the experience been up until now in terms of being with your partner? How has this, changed or shifted things with you and Joey if at all Mm. so I think I mean so first baby was the real shift Mm. that's a tectonic plate shift in your relationship Mm. Um, and it was really hard because I think we spoke a little bit about that last and I think that this will be a recurring theme in a way because I think Mm. we're all kind of grappling with the changing dynamics and for me it's not necessarily the broader dynamics outside of our household but more it's around what's happening within the household because that's what you come home to every day that's what you Mm. live through so for joe and i i mean i'm not gonna lie i think that parenting has been really hard and we had a conversation yesterday that was super interesting because um him and i basically we've been through a really rough period um we're not seeing eye to eye this happened the first pregnancy, but the the, 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 the nature of the, the, the issue has changed in the second pregnancy. So there's not as much anxiety. Mm. I don't, the first pregnancy, I'm being very anxious. I don't have, a, I had an absent dad. Mm. Um, a lot of the men in my periphery have left, like sure. in terms of like aunts and like whatever. So my in my mind, men leave when you children mean, come. Hold on, hold on. You mean aunts, partners? Yeah, of, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. So really, with, with the exception of my grandfather, mm. men have not have largely been absent in their children's mm. life. Mm-hmm. So when I felt pregnant the first time, my inherent fear mm. was that Joey was not going to be around. He was going to leave, right? Mm. And that was something that we grappled with a lot. And I was I was unsure how he would be one with me, but two with the baby as a dad. Mm. Um, I felt quite let down by my dad. So obviously, a lot of the projection. A lot of that was projected onto Joey. Mm. So there's less of that this time around because you stuck around. He's an active dad. Mm. He loves his son. I feel 100% comfortable to leave him mm. with um, Joey for any period of time, really. He is a co parent, right? Mm. And, a, and a co partner. Mm. This time around, we've been going through other kinds of issues. But when we had the conversation yesterday, what was interesting is that we were busy chatting about. Um, about why we're in such a shit space with each other right now. And his kind of hypothesis was that, and yeah, it's certainly a simple one, but I I definitely think there's a lot of merit to it, is that because parents, he he feels like you can't have parenting, Mm. holistic parenting, holistic home life, happy home life, and have holistic career really skyrocketing aspirational Mm. ambitious whatever right Mm. he's like you have these two worlds are counter to each other they don't exist harmoniously with each other other. can i say exact i think yes and no okay first so i think that he feels mm. he feels quite he feels quite like so the second kid conversation was a difficult conversation for for him and i because he feels like my expectations of him as a parent Mm. are 
too high. But we're looking at it, and he acknowledges that we're looking at it in relation to a very mediocre standard, right? So he feels like me saying, but why the fuck am I the person who always comes home at five o'clock in the afternoon to relieve our nanny? Why is that me? Why is it not you? And that's the tension between him and I. So he always feels like, he, in a way, he's failing at parenting, right? So he is saying right now that one of the reasons why we're in the shit place, and I actually tend to agree because I've been writing him a series of letters, and one of them was, do you not feel that the chasm between him and I has really increased since motherhood? And I blamed it on motherhood, which is interesting because I'm thinking about what you were saying around the male ego, right, Sandro? So I think that... Um, I think that we're both grappling with, he takes more liberties, granted, as men do, in terms of his professional career, mm. and women pick up the slack. Mm. I, pick up a lot of, I pick up a lot of the brunt of child, child rearing. Yeah. Mm. Um, that, that goes without saying he wouldn't mm. counter that, he wouldn't contradict that. But I do think that there is an expectation and a resentment and an anger mm. from my point of view, where I'm like, but why is this all on me? But also a, like a level of resignation. So I think that like we're in a place now where there's a lot of really, and it's interesting because I think that with parenting, you don't have time to have endless conversations or hold each other or be intimate and like fix things and whatever. You have, he's on, an, he's on a nap, Agani's napping. Let's have this conversation now. Or Agani's down. Let's have the conversation between seven and nine when we're so exhausted that we just fall into bed. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting mm -hmm. for me because... I think that the conversations are a lot more pointed, mm. a lot quicker to the to to where like the the gut or whatever whatever we're trying to get at. Sure. Um, and it's been hard. Like we're having really hard conversations, you know. Yeah. So I hear that Tandor. After that, I mean that's that's a lot. Mm. But I also yeah. think sorry before we swing to you, Tandor. I think that um, you're speaking about. You guys are in a different position. You 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 are anticipating a second child. Your mm. home is is going to physically expand again, mm. and I think that um, I certainly for me, although granted, there's a whole kind of series of 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 things that went on there. But as you and I've said before, Kath, the boys once they hit two, once the kids oh, hit two, you Lord. just the relief you feel in some ways. Uh, it's just I I yeah I I marvel at it. So this so just small example. This morning, Tao was up at half five, and he and I went to his cot and I said to him, "It's too early, so you have to go back to sleep." And he said, um, "Okay, fine, but can I come and lay with you?" I said, "Okay, fine, but no talking. We're not talking." And then we kind of had to do this no talking for about ten minutes. But then he fell he fell asleep. So that's happened more and more like in recent times and I'm realizing that also he's just a bit older so he's realizing he and I just have a better understanding for each other's boundaries and you can and reason with him in some ways but I also don't want to reason with mm. a two-year-old but I mean yeah mm. I hear what you're saying I mean you can you can have a conversation and he understands mm. right and I guess similarly for Akani because mm. I've seen the two of you or the three of you um but anyway, I just wanted to say, sorry, there was a long way of saying second baby. So you're just in this. Can I say realm. about second baby? Yeah. I knew that I wanted to have a second baby. This is like pulling off a Band-Aid. It's like, I don't want the pregnancy. I don't want the first two years. Yeah. But I want the second kid. So I need to do the first, the pregnancy and mm. the next two years to get the second kid. Mm. And that's been really hard. Like, it's a completely different mindset. There's nothing romantic about it. I want to pull off the Band-Aid and get mm. the shit over and done with real fast. So that I can get on with my fucking knife. And that's the toughie. You know? I don't you you know the <laughs> just, just I know on side. <laughs> before Tanda, before you go, I want to say there's the cynicism though yeah. about that I know, that I'm seeing in you now yeah. that I must admit I've seen um I've seen versions of it or like on a pendulum. I think second babies they are on uh, they are on it's tricky terrain for the mom, for baby, for yeah. partner, for everybody. Yeah. But um but I think you have been particularly, you know, just... This is bullshit. This. All of it this is bullshit. Is bullshit. But, yes. Yeah. So, Tando, you go. Well, let me talk about second babies. Um, and I've had a few friends who've had seconds. And one of the things is you find that those kids are so robust from the jump. Mm. Um, and that's something. They may not be easier necessarily... But developmentally, you find that actually they get to the two-year mark earlier. They do, oh, and that's so. what I've, they do. And that's you know, and that's what I've seen. Mm. But I mean, you're talking about reasoning with your two-year-old. Batando was up at five. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> so, because Dad came in at four twenty-two, 
Oh my god. Mama was up at five. And so yeah, in the twenty minutes that he napped between six nineteen and six whatever. So did you? No, I took a shower because I knew if I don't shower, then my morning sure. is just going to be out oh. of this world. But one of the things I struggled with in the partnership is, and it's and it's to what Kat spoke about, mm. and I was reading up. There's a term called the mental load, mm. cognitive load, girl. That you Speak. know. That, yeah, that the moms take on. And that, for me, mm. is what fundamentally impacted the partnership. Yeah. And then that expectation. Yeah. You know, and we had discussions. We spoke mm. about what kind of parents we each want, we, we respectively wanted to be. Mm. But then when the baby's here, I'm getting all the questions. I'm like, this is my first baby too. I don't have. But do you think it comes naturally? Answers. It's so weird though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have the answers. Yeah. You know, He's got a rash. What is it? The fuck? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Let's go to the peed. So the first four weeks, we were in the peed every week. That's a thousand rand a week. Yeah. It was, wow. Yeah, it was insane because uh-huh. I couldn't. I couldn't trust myself. Mm. I have someone else asking me the questions. I have this baby that's in discomfort. Mm. I just. And babies are just an implied do. question in general. You just yeah, never know, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. Precisely. Like you're, you're learning. Yeah. Mm. So for me, that was the issue. And then my expectation. And then what came with that was the anger and the resentment, which now mm. that Batan was six months old, I can mm. pull myself out. Whereas then it was just like mm. a wild, insane place. And I couldn't actually extract myself from the situation. Mm. So now I can ask myself, why am I, why do I have so much anger towards my partner? And it's because I'm reading this book called The Conscious Parent, which is actually about your parenting style and approach. But mm. now I've applied it to everything where I realize that I'm, I'm quite, I've got a big ego. So a lot of my reactions are ruled by my ego Mm. and I have to consciously say, if I take out the ego, what would my reaction be? Mm. And Mm. so that's actually the question Mm. with the partnership Mm. now, which I think is going to change things because then I'll be soft on my partner. Whereas before I was very hard. So like if I'm feeling something, I'm telling you like you're not being the partner that I thought you were mm. going to be. You're not being the partner that you said you are going to mm. be. And I was verbalizing this thing with, mm. with my partner, with my husband's personality. Mm. He doesn't like being told, which means that he then comes back defensive too. Mm-hmm. And basically, we're not it's getting a resolution yeah. in our household. Yeah. It's just like mm. where someone was like, um, but why don't you just acknowledge what he's doing so mm. that you have peace in my household? I was like, why do we need peace? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. For me, I come from an environment. I don't want peace. War, it's war. Fuck this yeah, motherfucker. The reality <laughs> is, is that when I was born in my when I was in my mother's uterus, yeah. it was a time of war. I was born into an environment where we were always security conscious, and South Africa was in a war. So, in actual fact. My fundamental point of being is that yeah. it's, it's cool to be aggressive. Sure. It's fine to it's be cool to have, yeah, It's cool to have an yeah. argument. Like, and that's the way my family is like. We can all be aggressive, have an argument, and then just keep it moving. Mm. But not everyone can keep it moving. No, so no, fascinating. Can keep it moving. My family's like that too. Fuck me up in a marriage. Woo! Yeah. Big exactly. time. So this Big is time. Why, that that you're saying now, I recognize that. Yeah. So this is why I have to ask myself, like, am mm. I enabling? So now I realize that mm. because I dress my kids so well, everyone else in my household is scared to get him dressed in the morning. And I've said that fundamentally what will change my morning is if you get the kid dressed. But then the kids mm. never dress. And I'm like, as a partner, mm. I told you I need you to do this for yeah. me. Mm. But I've created that angst. So, you know, I'm also seeing how am I complicit mm. in this. Mm. But the challenge is, I feel on the other side, mm. there isn't that introspection. There isn't that questioning. There isn't that thinking about, oh, I can see the formulas running out. Let me buy it. Mm. So it runs out. Then I'm there like, fuck, I need to run to the disc mm. But I got a kid on my boob. I was on the mm. toilet with my kid the other day when there are two other people in the house. I'm like, why the fuck am I sitting on the toilet? 
with, with my, my kid when there's two other people in the house. Mm. No, that's bit bad. That's on another level. Fuck. So yeah, but mm. um, yeah. So the partnership is thriving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always circle back to that. It's thriving. Yes. On that note, yeah. it is thriving. Yeah. It's tough though. It's such a tough it's one, so and tough. I think that also like just men don't get it's it. So, so nine times out of ten, they just are like, but this mm. bitch is crazy. I think for me, I, and I mean, you both know, I did not get to this point in my partnership. Um, I just jumped ship early on. But, um, and I mean, even that's a more complex thing than just saying I jumped ship. But um, I feel like, I, I, I guess one must keep asking oneself, do I want to be married to this person? That it's such a cliche, but I mean, it's true. And I feel like as I see very close woman friends transition into second babyhood. I see that they've chosen these people again and again and again. And I do think that I hear you Tandra, I hear your breathing. But I I think that um I think that first stretch takes A a long time and B Kathleen told me this many years ago. Um also about other partners, <laughs> but Kathleen <laughs> said, she said to me in no uncertain terms, she said, when you know, you know, and she was right. When yeah, you so know, that's, you know. that's different. I'll do in the garden. You want to do what? I'll do in the garden. You want to make a? I'll do, I want to make a in the garden. Tandra, I just wanted to ask you about your Instagram account that you opened for Patandra. Um, I think that that's really interesting. It's come up in various different forums. Mm. Pe- various different people have various different views mm. on Instagram or social media, kids on social media. Yes. And can I just jump in and say that neither, um, well, I mean, Kathleen's just so... I'm a Luddite. She's a Luddite, awkwardly. But, I mean, doesn't have Facebook, Instagram, um Oh, yeah. You do have Twitter. It's difficult. I know, but I'm off of Twitter now for a while. Uh, I'm doing uh, a bit of a Twitter uh, hatus, which is wow. kind of important for me. But no, that's besides the point. I okay. Yes. The so point I'm, is, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. She's on the other You're side of the spectrum. You're in the middle of the spectrum. I'm kind of and in the middle. You're deep in it. <laughs> but also, can I say, in relation to the kids, neither Akani nor Tao actually appear on social media. So it's also just a really cool conversation to have about the choice to do that and why you decided and to do that. Yeah. yeah. So what's the joke is when Batandra was born, we put up this announcement on social media without an actual picture of him because mm-hmm. we were like, we're still trying to figure out what our stance is. Yeah, our stance on yeah. social media. Mm. And then he was so cute, and I'm like, stunt on him, Batandra. <laughs> but to be oh. honest, the reason I opened the account was to separate my personal self and my Instagram profile from the mothering and the Batandwa journey. So, so that is interesting. So and Batandwa is Tando and Batandwa. And mm. it talks about my mothering journey as well as his mm. baby journey. So it's mm. two different things. Mm. And I mean, I have a friend who's a lawyer who doesn't post pictures of her daughter mm. because she's like, there's no consent. Mm. But I mean, I can get a passport for Batandra, and he says too young to sign. <laughs> so that's my same Good approach. Word. Is that mm. it's one of those things? People say mm. that it means that they're open to human trafficking, and for me, that's a different discussion. Is mm. that if you see my kid out, you're trying to steal my kid, someone's dying that day. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's you. Mm. So I don't. I don't know if that's like a real point of discussion but mm. yes you are opening him up to pedophilia and all sorts of mm. weirdos but you never post him naked as well right so, no i don't so i don't have parameters with yeah him. exactly mm. but i mean the whole issue there is that i found that motherhood is lonely and i found people via social media sure i get that that are up mm. at one two three four a.m in the morning mm. that'll respond to your story or whatever that i'll say yeah this is me too mm. so last night someone i struggled to get him down someone was saying this full moon is fucking with us mm. all so at least you have someone who's saying me too mm. you know so it's not a deep conversation mm. but the point is you have people because otherwise mm. for me i felt quite 
isolated. Mm. So it's not even about the likes and stuff. It's just about people want information. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. People want yeah. information yeah. from women of color. Absolutely. Especially where they can say, you understand my journey, the challenges mm. I'm going through. Mm. So but that's how yeah. Anne Batandwa was born. So it's not that it's just mm. his page. Mm. It's meant to be both of us. But mm. I think some of the stuff from a mothering perspective is quite challenging. And I don't want to seem negative all the time. So there's a lot of content around him because a lot of the feelings you have as a mother is quite hard. Yeah. Sure. You know, sure. and you're either showing perfection on social media and then how do you show imperfection? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to find the balance mm. between both things. Mm. And I think that I'm in a safe and secure enough environment that I can have his face out there. Sure. He might at five years old tell me, please stop taking pictures of me. Yeah, and yeah. then I'll have to acknowledge a, yeah, yeah. and accept sure. that he's yeah. made that choice. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I actually mm. think it's so interesting that thing around community. One, because when D and, D and I were pregnant three months apart from each mm. other, so we were very much those people who were WhatsApping each other at two o'clock in the morning, and it's so important, it was such an important cornerstone for me. Mm. So, totally resonate with that. And then also the separation from personal identity, I think, is mm. crucial. I totally, that resonates with me 100%. Yeah. So, so I think that my next question would be, so how has motherhood changed you as a woman in the world? And I think that that's a very big question and a very ambiguous one, but purposefully. Yeah, I mean, so for example, this week I got an email from my executive coach saying we haven't touched base in a while. These are the dates I have in December. These are the dates I have in Jan. And I'm like, I'm so deep in this motherhood yeah. hole. Yeah. What am I going to talk to you about? Yeah. Because an executive coach yeah. is not a therapist. Yeah. Mm. So that has been one of the challenges for the That's same way I immerse myself in my career. Yeah. You've now immersed yourself I've now in immersed motherhood. myself in motherhood where yeah. as soon as one challenge, you've got through one challenge, then I'm deep in what type of food should you be eating? Sure. When am I introducing these sorts sure. of foods? So my personality has gone full on in that way. Mm. But then, like, you have conversations with your friends mm. who are working, and I mm. just sit there and I'm like, am I even adding value in this conversation? Words are flying, like, they're there, but I can't grasp mm. words mm. to articulate myself. Mm. Where I do feel mm. that I've lost a part of myself just because I'm sleep deprived. And that's Absolutely. the nature of being sleep deprived. And up until the point yes. where I can get enough sleep, I feel like. I'm not actually adequately adding to the career conversation, to the conversation that doesn't involve a child. Yeah. Can I ask? So this is one of the things that I think is just like how society is at the moment. You need to be performing all the roles at 150% all the time. I think academia has its bullshit, but I do think that there's some room and certainly in within the last two years, perhaps more, because this is my, um, you know, I'm newly into the full-time game, but where there is a little bit of room to say, yes, I do have to do the things, but also, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm an intersectional woman. I actually am many different things. And I feel like there's also power in saying that. So for me, I feel like often we feel like we need to, and you two may call me out because you're both like more into corporate structures than I am and I haven't done corporate at all. Um, but like where there's a lot of performance of power. So you have to also be performing. Mm. You have to be talking. You have to be doing the languaging of, of power, of participation. And that language has to be quite distinct to mark yourself as important and a part from mothering and for me I feel like those things for me are together those things are the same thing I am Tao's mother and at the same time I am Dr. Marco Shem for you if you can't deal with that do you know what I mean so like I hear you Tando I do hear you but also I feel like this is something very important to me where I'm like I'm gonna push back on this because I for the most part actually I single parent I, yeah. Not for the most yeah. part. Yeah. I do single yeah. parent yeah. this yeah. kid. Yeah. I do work long hours. I do have to come home and push out articles and be thinking, quote unquote, interesting things to be thinking about promotion and how I move myself ahead in my career. So there are huge demands on either side and I'm not going to apologize. Do you know what I mean? So I know that there's the language around 
not apologizing these days. But I also wonder to what degree do we push back? Because you, I, I don't know. Like I say, you guys are more familiar with different structures. I can't actually speak to them. But at the same time, I also see a lot of like, I do see performances of power all the time. Academia is not sure, that sure, far. Sure. You know and what I mean? And it is a masculine space. And it's it. a hugely masculine mm. and patriarchal space. Mm. And so, but I, I do think what also helps me is that I see other women doing it, mm. you know, and I think that that's helpful to some degree. Mm. So I don't know what Kat's environment is like, mm. but my my background is management consulting mm. and then as a founder of a startup. Yes. And what I see there is mm. you have to be at a pretty senior position and have shown your value to be able to push back and say, I am also a mother. Because otherwise you mm. find that your career trajectory is limited mm. by the fact that you're a mother who has the typical matriarchal roles yes. in your environment and then trying to build a career. So, and there are very few environments in South Africa that I feel allow for you to stand up and say, I am both of these things equally. You have to pick one and then hopefully they pay you enough that in South Africa you can have help that allows you to step into your career without your kids feeling that they neglected. You don't have to be there all the time for your kids to feel like they have a happy home and mm. home life. Mm. And I'm testament to mm. that. My mm. mother was always a working mom. Mm. So for me, that's the only context that you have as a child. Mm. And mm. I didn't ever feel neglected. Yeah. But the downside is, is they had to sacrifice a lot to have help in the home and to put us in the schools that yeah. we were in. Mm. Yeah. And in this environment that we're at now, I mm. think there's a lot to consider when you want to trade off lifestyle, when yeah. you want to trade off investment opportunities, because that's a reality I mm. see with one of my friends. If she wants to pay for ch more for childcare, she has to give up her rental property. And that's something that's deriving income. Sure. And there's an investment in the long term. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, I think I, I totally mm. agree with you, but I also think it does also depend on the kind of mom you want to be, right? Mm. So I I made a decision quite mm. early on, and it was a it was a decision that took me by surprise because I assumed that I would be the kind of mom who would be fine to outsource, and I don't mm. feel like I am that mom. So I made a decision fairly on fairly, fairly early on around like the first year of uh, Gunny's life. I bathed him every single day. It was important to me. Mm. Well, if it wasn't Joey, it was me. Um, but like just being short, being being 100% clear that I was going to be there at 4.35. That has real implications mm -hmm. on my work and mm. the kinds of the opportunities that I have. How I sleep with that at night is that I have felt like, and you both know, that I've never been meant to be in corporate. For me, this is a cushy period for now. Um, and a secure period for now um, and that I want to write books and I want to do other things, right? So I'm saying, okay, fine, this is just what it is for now and if I don't climb the corporate ladder and go really, really far, then that's absolutely fine but mm. then there is this question of when mm. do I develop the other body of work? Mm. So there are other kinds of, there are other kinds of things that come into play mm. and do I see them as being as you say, an intersectionality like a, not seamless, I know that that's not what you're implying, but like mm. that I am both I think in a corporate space that that is certainly not the case, and I totally agree with Tando that if you're old, if you're older and you're higher up on the rung, mm -hmm. you're able to, to no, have I get that, that conversation. And I certainly also so in academia, yeah. the further up you are in the ranks, you know. Yeah, and I also think though that like, I don't know, I, 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 and maybe this is not the case, or this is this is this is not the way that I perceive it in my mind. But I think that with corporate, you know that there are five hundred, possibly five thousand other people who can fill your role. In mm. academia, I wonder around that supply and demand. Yeah. Do you know, you know what I mean? Can I say, though, in the... Um, I mean, I think, yeah, also, I think we have a lot of PhDs coming out. and I, But certainly when I was um, doing my PhD, I was very aware of the fact that staying in the UK was actually not a possibility for me because there are too many people with PhDs. But not necessarily so, NSA. No, 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 I hear that. Yeah. But I, what I'm saying is, is that it is an oversaturated market in other places in the world. Right. And so we we're not quite there yet. No. Not perhaps not even close. But um, 
I, I've seen where it is a, an oversaturated market. It's not pretty, you know, and and um, and that's the space yeah. that corporate is. So yeah. corporate is an oversaturated space where you mm. know that there are tons of other people who are willing and are capable and mm. with ease they'll fill your role. I do think that there's just differences depending on the space that you occupy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tandor, for being here. This has been incredible. So many conversations that we need to have, at least 50. Um, and thank you for your insights. And check out Anne Batandwa. It's an amazing page. I follow it. It's fantastic. I get to see Tandor and her very cool um, emojis that I can't find on Instagram. <laughs> because I'm also kind of a Luddite, where she's part sleeping while her kid is crawling or almost crawling um savor this time tando because you have what did you say a week or two before he is pulling himself and then everything goes to shit after that um but thank you so much for joining us and um, for listening to our second episode um we are having a ball along the way thanks kath thanks d <laughs> no actually seriously on a serious note it's it's been really dope to have you so thank you very much and thank you for the insights. Yeah. i do think though that there's a lot that we can pick up on and we've made notes around like the various different conversations that i think are revolving conversations and we may ask you back again at some stage thanks guys we need these conversations like yeah. mothers with attitude is no joke yeah. but in the media and out there people think that you know, we're just enjoying this process and yeah. no one is saying shit about how hard it is. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially, and as, <laughs> bitches must know, but as especially as you were saying, women of color. Mm. So I think white women are saying things and it is, does fall into a normative kind of momish stereotype. Mm. I mean, I see you rolling your eyes, but no, honest, like I do think that these conversations are important. So thank you for joining mm. us on our second episode, Thanks. which has been really cool. Thank you. Okay, bye. We'll speak to you in the third episode. Clearly, we couldn't get through everything because we have so much to say. <laughs> Bye. Hey, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 mama. Attitude. The same way I immerse myself in my career. Yeah. You've now immersed yourself in motherhood. I've now immersed myself in motherhood. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mama, mama, mama. <laughs> no, actually, seriously, on a serious note, it's it's been really dope. Thank you. Okay, bye.